Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope that this message will both teach and encourage you. Here's today's message. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sacrifice to you. Amen? We're almost Thanksgiving Day. Can you believe it? Wow. Can't believe it. This day, this year has just evaporated right before our very eyes. And so I think it's appropriate going into Thanksgiving. I always preach on the, you know, around Thanksgiving you think, what should I preach on? Probably something around Thanksgiving, right? And then Christmas is kind of a given too. And so uh, I'm reprising one of my messages, living in the power of thanks. This is so overlooked. Living in the power of thanks. I've seen this statement in, or a meme in several different places. Thanksgiving, the day for demonstrating gratitude for all that one has before going out early the next day to acquire more. Yeah, everybody talks about Black Friday and so on and so forth. I want to put that elements of communion up. Thanksgiving. I want to read to you a couple scriptures. Before I do, though, it's nice to have Brother Rex with us. I have my brother, my brother Rex. Personal gift to me. And uh, the rest of you just get to benefit from that. Thank you so much for filling in on the Tuesday night we were at Minister's Retreat. I'm sorry you weren't there at the Minister's Retreat, but I'm in another way glad you weren't so that you could be here to cover. And I know those of you that came on Tuesday night, True Seekers, were blessed always are when uh, with the ministry of Rex and Chris Warnman. Romans chapter 1, verse 21, talking about living in the power of thanks. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, and this is in the list of offenses of Romans chapter 1, the reason why judgment is coming and why people are lost. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him. What a high offense. Nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 and 4 says this, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people, nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. I like that. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. How many of you know we could use that word right there? When the Bible says anything or any, it really means it. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wait, there's more. First Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, 
and thanksgiving be made for everyone. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse number 18, give thanks in all circumstances. Notice it doesn't say for. Give thanks in. Why? God's will is at work. Your will is at work. The enemy's will is at work. Other person's wills are at work. And what happens? Some train wrecks happen. Some messes happen. Some circumstances come about that are messy. Have you noticed that life is messy? And in that messy circumstance, you're not thanking him for it. We don't want to be thanking God for other people's sin, do we? No, God forbid. He's not interested in having people sin. But in those circumstances we find ourselves, we give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Hint, if you're in Christ Jesus and you're thankful, there is an avenue about to be made through, over, and out of those circumstances. Why don't you give the Lord a hand clap of praise right there. Giving thanks. So, here's the big picture. Thanksgiving is a critical ingredient. It is a vital attitude. Why do parents want to train children to be thankful? And have you noticed we have to train them to be thankful? Have you noticed that? Otherwise, they would only do what they want to do. That's it. But we have a training responsibility, and there's something about us as parents that is rankled or is irritated by the ingrateful or ungrateful, unthankful child. Amen? Imagine on Christmas morning. What'd you get this for me for? What what I'm going to do with this old piece of junk? On and on. It's like, ah, there'll be no more Christmas for you, young man. Right? We're looking for gratitude. We're looking for thankfulness. I'm, I'm so reminded of my sister-in-law, who's now in her 40s. I've lost track. I know she's way behind me, but not too far behind me. And when she was like first grade, she got pound puppies for Christmas. And she was delighted and tormented at the same time. Oh, you shouldn't have. This, this had to be very expensive. Oh, wow, I, I really don't deserve this. But she was squealing with delight at the same time. That was the great mixture of gratitude and receptivity at the same time. If we could just capture that picture. It's, it's a vital attitude. It's not just something we do one day out of 365. But let, the three, let this one day out of 365 be a reminder of how we need to operate every day. Amen? Let every day be Thanksgiving. Here's what it does. It prevents idolatry. It replaces bad acts. It becomes a vital part of prayer. Not an option, but a vital part of our prayer. It's good for everybody, and it's good in all instances and in all circumstances. It doesn't sound like an option to me, but it sounds like a vital, critical part. So thanks is a matter 
of spirit and attitude. And it testifies to our nature. Why are we distressed with our children when they're unthankful or ungrateful? Why? Because it's an attitude. It's not necessarily a behavior, but we can pick up on that attitude and we're saying, Johnny's not grateful for what we've done for him. He's not thankful for what we've done. He He's entitled. He's expecting it to happen rather than being grateful. And what happens in the heart of the giver when he encounters somebody who's ungrateful? They don't want to give to them anymore. I'm reminded of the story of a young lady who came to our Chi Alpha in San Angelo. Her parents pastored out in way out West Texas in the middle of nowhere between El Paso and Odessa. All they had going for them was a major freeway going through there and a couple motels. It was Sunday, and what was the pastor and his family going to do for lunch? They weren't going to the local steakhouse. They had already prepared to make sandwiches and eat chips and drink some good old Texas sweet iced tea after church. That was going to be their lunch, white bread, bologna, cheese, some lunch meats of various kinds, and chips. So they stopped for gas on their way home from church, and there was a man who was obviously stopping through town, was in need of help. He said, I'm really hungry if you could help me. And the pastor said, well, I'll tell you what, I live not too far away from here. I'm going to go home, and I'm going to get you what we're going to have for lunch, and we're going to share it with you. And so he went around the block to the house, came back, and opened up that brown paper sack with Ziploc bags of bologna and cheese, some chips, and some good old sweet Texas iced tea. And the man looked at him and said, You expect me to eat that? And the pastor said, This is exactly what me and my family are having for lunch today. He said, No, thank you. How many of you really want to help that guy? So how many of you just want to change an attitude right there? Say, I think he needs an attitude adjustment, and I'd like to offer it to him today on this very Sunday and and send him down the road, a little tune-up, so to speak. It's a matter of spirit and attitude, and so there are people who are in need, but they're not grateful. Coming through the circumstances I just came through with pneumonia, I've never been more grateful for a next breath. Something I was totally unaware of. And I heard that song that just came out a couple weeks before I went in the hospital, maybe months. Sometimes I'm a little behind on the release of worship music. A couple years. Tasha said couple years. So we're singing I'll Fly Away, right? That's a new chorus that's just been released. And so... These breath, this breath in my lungs, I will pour out my praise. Pour out my praise. Think about that. Who's given you the breath? Who has given me every breath into my lungs? God has. He set an He set an automatic cycle in my body to adjust how many breathing, how much breathing I need to do, how rapidly and how deeply, in order to keep all systems green, all systems a okay. It's automatic. And so what we, what's only fitting is that we take every breath 
and poured out in praise and worship and thanksgiving. Anything else is an utter waste. So we give Him thanks, even for the breath in our lungs. And so when I got out of the hospital and heard that song, it sounded different. It sounded more vital. It sounded more important in my life. And so what it does is it transforms our nature. Think about that. That attitude in our heart can be absolutely changed and transformed by thanks, by offering thanks. And what's strange is we can take children, train them to be thankful, to act thankful. And you know the strangest thing? If they do enough acts of thankfulness, they can start being thankful. Sometimes you have to do it before you feel it. Sometimes you have to do it before it becomes deep into your spirit. But we do that as parents, and we kind of expect it of our kids, don't we? And we expect it of other people, and when they need help, we're looking for some kind of thank you. Not of those nasty bologna sandwiches. I'm not going to eat those. It's a matter of spirit and attitude, and it speaks of our nature. How many of you know our nature needs to be reformed? It needs to be transformed by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, next, as we look through those scripture, that second scripture we looked at, living in the power of thanks, thanks is the means into God's very presence. Now, just on a general level, did you know that one of the great keys that will open the heart of another person to you in any circumstance or situation is gratefulness? If you're dealing with a tough boss, he's the employer or the boss, you're the employee, approach him from a position of gratefulness. And you might have to fast and pray till you find it. But come at that person, not with a chip on your shoulder, not with an axe to grind, not with a complaint, but begin the conversation with a thanksgiving. I'm so grateful that you... I'm so thankful that you do this. And by the way, wives and husbands, you can take this one too. It'll work. Not not as a manipulative thing, but first of all, pray and become sincere. Let your attitude be transformed into thanksgiving. And if you will express gratitude and thanksgiving towards your spouse, how do they feel? Not taken for granted. Now, one of the default things that can happen in a relationship, any relationship, Employer, employee, husband and wife, regardless, partners in a business, it doesn't matter, is when people feel taken for granted, it's hard for them to do the job or to go the extra mile. But when somebody lets them know that they're noticed, they're regarded, they're appreciated, they're valuable, and that they're thankful for them. Now, I just want to insert this here. It just kind of works and flows with the sermon this morning. Now, direct your attention up to this part of the building. Do you notice anything different? Most of us won't. For the longest time, for five years, this side looked just like this. This side looked like that with brown paint on it and saggy tiles. But you know what happened between Monday and Thursday? David Wilson... Ray Trevino, Brian Thomas, Kenny Gibson came and gave hours and hours and their expertise and their skills 
stripped off the old ceiling, painted and put up the new ceiling, installed new can lighting, and now it looks exactly the same. Aren't you grateful? But it's painted brown, and it's easy to miss. So I just wanted to point that out to you and to say, as a Thanksgiving offering this morning, I am so grateful for these four men. And I am so grateful for you who faithfully give in your tithes and offerings into the building fund so that we could spend the $700 to fix that section. And it's solid, it's good, up to code, even smells good. The lights work, they save energy, and they're brighter. And so I'm just thankful. And so I'm going to, I, I was probably irritating them. Because I'd every once in a while just say, you know what, I'm just so thankful that you come to do this. This is just awesome. Because their skills and their abilities, and they put it all together and had a great time doing it. Donated it. Donated their time to the church. And so when you see these men, thank them. Thank them. What happens when we're grateful? It unlocks people's hearts, and it brings us into their presence. David had problems with some of his sons. What happened? They were not allowed to be in his presence. Could not see his face, nor be in his presence. What happened when Saul was angry at David? David, he fled from the presence of Saul. What was the great cry of David's heart? Oh, cast me not away from your presence, O Lord but create and renew a right spirit within me so that he could be in God's presence. David would sing or speak with envy of the birds that could fly in and out of the temple of God. And he is the king, couldn't go past a certain court. And he longed to be in the presence. Better is one day in your courts than thousands elsewhere. Amen? That longing to be in God's presence. And here's the key. How many of you like it when you have a key? You can just push the button, do the combination, click, and it opens. Thanksgiving is the means into God's very presence. We come into His presence with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Something I did to totally revise my prayer life, my private devotional life, is to spend five to ten minutes being grateful to God for the things like breathing. Like a wife, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. The Proverbs 31 woman in my life, my children, my congregation, my privilege to preach the gospel, the privilege of being born in the United States of America, and on and on and on. And you'll find that the five minutes can become 10 or 15 or 20, and you'll just saturate the air with thanksgiving to God, what will happen? It will unlock the presence of God like you've never seen before. Because just like us, the Lord loves it when one of His children is grateful and comes back. Number three. Well, I just wanted to make this point. I'm sorry. almost skipped over. <clears throat> the most underappreciated being ever is God. Think about it. Most of what He does is either misunderstood or attacked. 
we have clauses in our insurance policy that blame disasters on him. We have theological positions and philosophical positions that hold him personally responsible for every disease, every death, every disaster, every tragedy upon the planet. People shrugged their shoulders and said, we don't know why God did that. There's so many things by which he is maligned and slandered because what he does is misunderstood or attacked. So I don't know about you. I want to be one of his children that is overdoing the praise and thanksgiving. I already told you we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise and we give thanks to him. Number three, thanks allows grace gifts maximum impact upon our life. How many of you from time to time need healing? Now just think of this in a a physical sense. If you don't go to the medical doctor because you don't trust or don't like or are not thankful for medical science, and I for one am grateful for medical science, I've benefited directly several times. Had my tonsils removed when I was a young boy, three I think. Had my appendix out at nine, my gallbladder out at like 54, and was helped through a pneumonia condition at 58. I have benefited directly from medical science. So thankful for whoever came up with pressurized oxygen and nasal cannulas, you know? And how about portable oxygen machines you can go home with? That's awesome. That's awesome stuff. Do you think the devil's in the business of doing that? Not, no way. He'd love to shut those all down. He'd love to have a global power shortage that would shut all that stuff down. People who care about people and are people of the book and have asked the Lord, give me wisdom, give me insight, give me direction. I love hearing the stories of the emergency room doctors who were praying when COVID started hitting, saying, what is this? What do I do? I've never seen this before. And had the Lord speak to their heart. Aren't you glad for spirit-filled doctors? And say, do this, this, and this, and they'll come out of it. And they develop treatments. There's a hospital in West Texas, Midland, Odessa, where one of the emergency room physicians is a spirit-filled believer. They have a whole protocol for treating COVID, and people are coming in right back out. because And not out with feet first with a toe tag. I wanted to make that clear. Having great success. Why? Because the Lord spoke through His grace in someone's life. So thanksgiving allows grace gifts maximum impact upon our life. Another very tangible way I can express this, and then I'm going to move to the spiritual. I like to use the physical and then move to the spiritual. Was I was in the hospital and I shared this kind of in a testimony form, but the Lord challenged my heart. He said, make sure that you're thankful for every nurse and that you tell her so, or him so. Some of you are going, wait a minute, Pastor, there's guy nurses too. I'm getting to that. And I had wonderful nurses from all over the world, Jamaica, Mozambique, you name it, Haiti, Ghana, they were in there. Beautiful headdresses covering their long locks, guys and girls. 
they would come in there and I would make sure, look them in the eye, ask them their name, talk to them about what made them choose to become a nurse, get involved in all of this business of working with people who were ill, and just express a gratitude towards them. Say, thank you. Thank you for taking care of me. Thank you when I can do nothing for myself that you're always there. I found out that that's pretty rare. The note, those We have somebody who trains nurses and was in nursing knows how rare that is. It was so rare that they were bringing their nurse friends by at change of shift to meet me. It was kind of like, who is this guy? He's weird or something. I don't know if he's going from here over to Trinity Springs Pavilion for mental health checkup or what. I had one of the doctors tell me, I'm here and you're one of the happiest patients on the floor. And I'm sitting here thinking, all I'm doing is the word. All I'm doing is being thankful and expressing that. It's in my heart and I want to let them know. And I'll tell you what it did in those nurses. Talk about coming when the bell rang. Whenever something seemed wrong, they were immediately in the room. Why? This guy's thankful for me. And if I have a choice between going to room 592 with Mr. Gratitude or down one door to Sister Ingratitude, I think I'll take my time getting to that other room. But I think I'll get on it, get to that room. I didn't do that out of a sense of, ha ha, here's what I'll do. I'll manipulate the nurses on this floor to take the best care of me possible. No. I just heard the voice of the Lord who said, be sure that you watch your attitude and that you love on them and that you're thankful for them. Wow. It let me be in their presence and it allowed me to benefit from their grace gifts. Now, how about this? There's healing gifts in the body. There's instructive gifts in the body. There is in there is things that correct us, bring us back in line. How many of you really love those kind of gifts? The ones that get on us and bring us back in line, the prophetic gifts. Or words of wisdom and words of knowledge administrative gifts, and all of us yawn. Oh, administration. Mercy gifts, and on and on. But what happens if we're grateful for the grace of God in all its forms? And we're grateful for the people who God uses in all of these places and all these ways. Within the body of Christ, it then allows us greater reign in our life of the fullness of the grace gifts that can move through people into our lives and have a maximum impact. He says, I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Number four, thanks releases the rest of what God has for us. How many of you like God's down payments? Not too shabby, are they? Do you know that the Holy Spirit that we have been given at being born again and then that we're baptized and filled with is merely earnest. It's a down payment on the fullness of all that he has. How many of you could could tolerate and take in all of the totality of God's fullness the moment you were born again? You would have imploded right in the spot. A little grease spot would have formed in the carpet. You would have been gone. You'd have been in heaven, but your body would have been destroyed. God is so awesome and has so much grace. 
we can't take it all in. We can't tolerate it all. We can't deal with it all. But He brings it continuously into us and brings life. And so what Thanksgiving does is it positions us in order to have a release of what the rest of what God has for us. Now let me give this to you out of Scripture. Luke 17, 11-19. Now on His way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as He was going into a village, ten men... Everybody say ten. Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance. They had to by law. And called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, notice it says this, As they went, they were cleansed. Now, what does it mean to be cleansed from leprosy? The spots that were on your skin are now gone. But the damage the leprosy has done remains. Are you with me? You're damaged, but the leprosy is no longer prevalent in your system and can't jump to other people. You can come back to society. One of them, everybody say one. That's 10%. Those of you who are wondering how to calculate tithes, 1 in 10. Just move the decimal point. Easy math at Vision Church this morning. One of them, when he saw he was healed, okay, no more of this virulent virus, no more of this sickness, no more. He came back praising God in a loud voice. He gives God the glory. In a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. Last time he had to come at a distance, didn't he? But now he's been declared cleansed so he can come and be right at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus loves to throw that in. Luke throws that detail in. It's literally true. This guy was a Samaritan. He's a half-breed Jewish person. Possibly has Jewish blood in him. Worships God according to another tradition and people are willing to walk 40 miles out of the way to avoid going through their land. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go Your faith has made you well. Another translation says has made you whole. What does this mean? He now has all the damaged parts of his body repaired. No more numbness in his feet. No more numbness in extremities of his hands. Pieces of his ear that were missing are back. His nose is back. He's now whole. Everybody give the Lord a hand clap. That's powerful. Is thanksgiving powerful or what? It positions us to receive the rest of what God has for us. He's given us down payments. We have experienced trickles. We've experienced touches. We've experienced moments. But He has in mind being in His presence in the river of God 
and in the overwhelming, ongoing participation in all of His grace, all of His glory, all of His fullness, knowing Him and being known by Him. Give the Lord another hand clap. So thanks, how about this one? Thanksgiving places us in authority over the spirit that is seeking our destruction. How's that for powerful? The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Now the name of Jesus is exalted and they've been counted worthy. What are they doing? They're grateful. They're thankful. What would have happened if they'd gotten bitter? They would have become bettered by the spirit that was seeking their destruction. But when they stood there and praised God and said, Thank you. We've been counted worthy to suffer for your name. It broke the power of the enemy and placed him under their feet. And when they walked out, they did more than walk away from the Sanhedrin. They walked out on the heads of lions and serpents. And they walked out large and in charge in the presence of God, not because they were somebody, but because they recognized he is somebody. So here's the challenge this morning as the worship team prepares to come back and I go back and trade places with Greg and Greg comes and plays the bass guitar. And here's the question. How does your attitude need to change to live in the power of thanks? Aren't you glad you might not even be able to change your attitude? But the Holy Spirit can help you change your attitude. And you can cry out to him in this time of worship and say, Holy Spirit, you know this part of my attitude. It stinks. And I don't know what to do about it. I can even argue I was born this way. But how about if you're reborn another way? And how about if you're delivered and changed and transformed? How does your approach to God and my approach to God need to change to live in the power of thanks? Is God distant and uncaring? Or is He your loving Heavenly Father? that we can demonstrate gratitude towards Him and will unlock some powerful things. How does your acceptance of others need to change to live in the power of thanks? Boy, I have to work on this all the time because it's just easy to delegate things to people, be thankful that they do it, but not let them know. How many of you have ever lived in that reality? Some, I have to say, I live there frequently to get things off the mental treadmill and get them handled. But when we accept them and we thank God for them and we let them know we thank God for them, it changes us and moves us into the power of thanks. How does your abundance need to increase? Some of you need some abundance? Or you prefer the lack? You prefer the less? I'm always looking for more. How about you? How does your abundance need to increase by living in the power of thanks and gratitude? And how does your authority need to increase by living in the power of thanks? The disciples discovered that, gave them victory over Satan, over the demonic, over their enemies as they're rejoicing and thanking God for the opportunity to suffer for his name. Wow.
and it gave them authority. As Tasha comes, and as we worship, just let that... And you know what? Some of you are saying, Pastor, you threw five things at me. Just pick one. Just pick one. And focus in on that with the Holy Spirit. And the Lord's going to meet you there as we move into that spirit of thanksgiving. Pastor asked me to uh, come and kind of close in prayer. It's an honor to do that. But can I just ask you to do something? Would you just lift up your hands before the Lord in a kind of a <clears throat> an act of gratitude? Uh, I've had uh, any number of instances where, you know, big, massive things have, have been presented before me. I can think of times where I've been in foreign countries and, and just someone so ill, so sick that... You know, there's there's no way. Where's the authority come to pray for this? Where does the power come to pray for this? And yet, there was just an assurance that God was there and that God was going to do something. And so I remember, I remember the first time I ever did this, that I just I just laid my hands on the person and said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the more... I did that the more there were just this wonderful sense of the presence and the healing power of the Lord touching them till literally every bit of the sickness and disease was gone. And and it was a miracle. And we never asked for a thing. We never asked for a thing. We just gave thanks for everything that God had already provided and promised. And so here's the truth. I believe that your situation today, God has probably made you a promise. He's probably already provided something for you. And whether it's that abundance or the authority or whatever it is, the acceptance that you're looking to to kind of move into, would you just, can, can we just thank the Lord for that right now? Come on. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You are alive. You're well. You're operating in the earth. You are Lord and King forever. There is no one else like you. You are great. You are glorious. You are the healer. You are the savior. You are the guide. You are the deliverer. You are the Lord God Almighty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for your virtue. We thank you for your healing. We thank you for your cleansing. We thank you for your comfort. We thank you for the assurance and the understanding that you've given to us that the gifts of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ the Lord. And while we go through seasons of pain and sorrow and loss, we celebrate the blessing of the glory of your gift, and we give you thanks today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing. Thank you for grace. Thank you for this church. Thank you for this fellowship of people. Thank you, Lord, that you have provided for us in every way. As a loving, gracious, incredibly generous parent, you have provided so much more than we've entered into yet. So we just want to say thank you for it all everything we already have and everything you are intending to move us into because we understand. We've heard it today that as we give thanks, we begin to open up to all the rest of what God has planned and prepared for us. Hallelujah. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you for it today. We pray blessing over everyone's week, and may it literally be filled with the thanksgiving of the Lord. We believe you for it. We give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, and everybody said No, they didn't. They said, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Amen.